bars of One More Once from Michelle Camillo taking us once again into the hot box for the 58th time indeed. And so after a little gap at the start of the year we get back to alphabetically digging in those piano files once more. And uh, as habituates will know we've gotten all the way down to the letter W uh, which proved to be such a popular letter for, for surnames that we couldn't get all of them into the one show. We've had Waller, Waldron, Walton, Wallington, Williams, Wellstood, and of course our own Dublin-based Phil Ware. But uh, we didn't listen to Wiggins, Wilson, Warren, Vasilevsky, Berner, or Weston, or indeed the full complement of those Williamses. Jessica and Mary Lou still didn't get played. They're here now. They're separated by a generation. But both incredible women, both in life and at the keyboard. So let's start with Jessica. She celebrated her 72nd birthday on St. Patrick's Day this year. Happy belated birthday, Jessica. Thank you. 
The Judge was the title of that one, composed and played by Jessica Williams. That's from her album This Side Up. Uh, Her trio consisted of Ray Drummond and Victor Lewis, the drummer, uh, recorded back in 2002. Uh, She was something of a child prodigy. Uh, She was able to play more or less anything she heard, apparently, from a ridiculously early age. And also, um, she has something that I'd never heard of until I read about it. Uh, It's called synesthesia. Apparently that causes one to envision colours when you hear a sound, when you hear a note. So she visualises her music um, as well as hears it. Certainly she is one of the greatest jazz pianists of her generation, Jessica Jessica Williams. She has a huge back catalogue of recordings on various labels starting back in 76 and I certainly commend an investigation of that catalogue. It contains many treasures. She took a decision way back that uh, she didn't really like the way of the jazz life, uh, constantly on the road living out of a suitcase and wondering where the next gig was come from. So she spent a lot of time making sure that she got grants and so on for composition, and so she's lived a relatively serene life, uh, which, which rather contrasts with many, many jazzers. Well, moving on from Jessica Williams to... Um, the other William. It's likely that uh, this other one is among the most interesting and important jazz musicians of all time. Another lady, actually, who had an important professional role in the music um, in her teens and way back, starting when she was very young. And she went to work alongside the greatest and the mostest right the way through to the modern era, from the almost from the very beginnings of jazz. Um, I agonised a bit about how to illustrate her brilliance, but eventually I settled on an idea of letting her speak for herself. Uh, in October 78, uh, Mary Lou Williams, for it is she, uh, was the guest of Marion McPartland on uh, Marion's long-running radio show Piano Jazz, which was on NPR in the States. And the format was two pianos and conversation in between musical illustration. So here's a little bit of that show, including uh, two Mary Lou compositions, one played by Mary Lou herself with a bit of bass accompaniment, and the other played with Marion McPartland on two pianos. The first voice you'll hear is Marion McPartland uh, discussing with uh, Mary Lou how she sees her, really. Uh, not gone along with any fads and and uh, the things that come along in music. You've always gone your own way, but yet you've always been contemporary. Well, so you you've always it there. I'm the only living musician that has played all the years. Other musicians lived through the years and they never changed the style. You know how that happened? Uh, my mother taught me spirituals ragtime. I was in Kansas City with Lester Young, Ben Webster. That was my era of the 30s. Oh no, the 29s. I was with the John Williams syncop- syncopators. That was was that before like, Andy Kirk? Or that was before after? Andy Kirk. Okay, and I was I was only in grade school when I was with them. I played with Duke Ellington um, before I was 12 years old. They were the Washingtonians at the Lincoln Theater in New York. And uh, musicians used to take me there before I even finished high school to, to for musicians like uh, Jelly Roll Martin or Fats Waller to listen to. And I also played with Johnny Hodges and Benny Carter Fats Waller and all of them at the Rhythm. You've heard of the Rhythm Club in New York? Sure. Before I was 12 or 13 years old. What I was a fantastic right there with all them. Uh, growing and, up for you, though. What a fantastic the, uh, background you had. The fourth era, the bop era. The musicians used to come to my house and write the music. Bud Powell, Monk, and Tad Dameron, Sarah Vaughan, Mel Tarme, Earl Ghana. They were there every morning after I left the uh, cafe downtown. You mean Cafe Society? Yes, and what I was doing, I was 
playing a swinging left hand then. And I quit my job on the east side and, and just stayed home and started hanging out on 52nd Street. Just getting into the act because I love that thing so much. Yes, but I never do it in that key. That's a nice key. D flat. D flat. But don't Mm -hmm. you think different keys set up different vibrations? Set up different moods. Different moods all together. Yeah. Right. Do you ever play in B? With Andy Kirk, I played all the keys because the pianos were, you know, it was damp in Florida, and I played B, E, A. And F sharp. You mean the t- the, the piano the would keys. be would be like half a tone, l- half a tone uh, lower. So low. you'd, be, you'd be playing in B and, and thought the, yes. where you should be in C. Oh, well, that's happened to no, me. No, I had to because it was a half tone uh, uh, flat. You know the pianos. You started with that band when you were really 
uh, very young, didn't you? Something like that. What a what a, a tremendous thing, though, for a young girl to be involved in a band like that, where you got you were able to play and arrange and hear all these. Mm-hmm. Well, they taught I mean, me. See, they taught me everything I knew about arranging and whatnot, and they were pretty rough with you if you weren't doing what you were supposed to. Well, you've been with big bands since then, haven't you? Did you have, no, have a that band was of your own? I, was the, I think I was the first female that Benny Goodman ever hired when I worked with him, you know. And he got this Marley group, Fats, uh, Navarre, and all of them. I worked with his band, and uh, I sat in for Duke once when he was ill in the hospital at the, at the uh, Apollo Theater. They sent Billy Strayhorn, all of them sent for me to play with the band while he was in the hospital. And uh, Andy Kirk, Duke, I see, and who else? Benny Goodman. I think to work with Benny must have been and quite an experience, And I work with Disney an awful it? lot, even now. I don't know. There's so many things. My mind is buzzing with all kinds of things I want, uh, that, that I want to ask you about. And uh, one, one of them was that tune you wrote out for me years ago. Um, in I fact, it was in D flat. Yeah, that picture I showed you that you wanted to grab away from oh, yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You was you you wrote out this tune. Scratches the
a wonderful recording there from October 1978 when Marion McPartland hosted the great Mary Lou Williams on her radio show. And uh, the two pieces you heard were both uh, Mary Lou compositions in the first uh, one, uh, Watch Your Story, Morning Glory, uh, played by Mary Lou, and the second, Scratching in the Gravel, played by the two of them. Historic stuff, and I hope you caught all the names of the bands and musicians that Mary Lou played with when she started out as a teenager. In her later years, Mary Lou uh, quit music for a while and devoted herself to religion and philanthropic work uh, for the less fortunate, but she was, as you just heard, tempted back the odd time. So that then was the other Williams, uh, someone who literally played across all the eras of jazz.
Beach Alabati Blues uh, from a tentet put together by the pianist Randy Weston in 1993 and arrangements incidentally by Melba Liston. Weston uh, was born in 1926 and uh, his work was strongly influenced by his African connections as you could hear very clearly there. And as the New York Times obituary stated, he advanced the argument that jazz is at its core an African music. But he burst on the scene as a standard bebop player. He was signed uh, to various of the classic bebop labels during the 60s, gradually uh, showing his devotion uh, to Thelonious Monk particularly. Something I did not know until I read that obituary was that Weston stood six foot seven inches tall. So the imposing figure in African robes that I had seen in photos really was imposing. Uh, he moved to the States, um, moved from the States rather, to Morocco in the late 60s, setting up and running an African rhythm cultural centre there. And he was able there to present and participate in a wide range of traditions of African originated music. But he returned to New York after five years and he worked in New York until his death in 2018, aged 82. Um, I liked one of his comments in an interview towards the end of his life, and he said, I have been blessed because I've been around some of the most fantastic people on the planet. I have become a composer. I have become a pianist. I couldn't ask for anything more. Randy Weston. A really cracked band, incidentally, on that recording. Uh, obviously him on the piano. Wallace Roney. Uh, more about Wallace Roney later in the programme. On the trumpet, Benny Powell on trombone. Talib Kibwe on the alto and flute. Teddy Edwards, the tenor player. Hemiot Blewett on the baritone. Ted Dunbar, guitar. Jamil Nasser, the bass. And Charlie Persip, the drums. And a couple of percussionists, I think. Uh, Obo Adi and Neil Clark. Yes, as I said, that was Randy Weston.
And that was Body and Soul, of course, from Jerry Wiggins. Now, just occasionally you hear a piece and you say, that was perfect. And I, I said that when I first heard that particular track. It was recorded in the Maybeck Recital Hall in Berkeley, California, back in 1991. A perfect piano, perfect acoustics, and I have to say a perfect interpretation of that old standard, written by Johnny Green and Eddie Heyman. Um, a word or two about Wiggins. He died 12 years ago, but had had an amazing career in music right from the start, working with Louis Armstrong through to working as a vocal coach and music consultant to Hollywood studios in the 1960s. His most famous coaching assignment was undoubtedly Marilyn Monroe, who said she could never have sung in movies without his help. Her photo, which uh, was signed by her, sat in his music room, apparently, with the inscription reading, Dear Jerry, I can't make a sound without you. Love, Marilyn. However, it's as a pianist that he's being remembered here, and a truly great one. Thank you. 
together there from Nick Weldon, uh, recorded back in 1994. Uh, Nick uh, is one of the most prominent British pianists and composers, and I guess he really had the arts and jazz in his blood from birth, his father being a professional trumpet player, Ron Weldon, and his mother being the very famous novelist, Faye Weldon. Uh, He's been a professional since 1979, when he was just 24, and has over the years amassed a tremendous catalogue of the the great uh, worldwide with whom he has played. Um, That trio was with Andy Kleindert uh, on the bass and Paul Clavis on the drums. Thank you. 
different trio and a very different style. The style of the great Teddy Wilson, certainly one of the most prominent pianists uh, that we've ever covered in this whole series, possibly um, most famously associated with Benny Goodman's orchestra. Uh, the piece we just heard was I've Got the World on a String, uh, with Milt Hinton on the bass and Oliver Jackson on the drums, recorded in Nice, where I'm guessing... Uh, the trio probably played the Nice or Antibes jazz festivals and the date being July 1976. And that must have been about the time Wilson appeared solo in Dublin at Slattery's Pub in Cable Street. I had to pinch myself when I thought I remembered that, but I double-checked with a friend and it was true. He really did sit at an upright piano upstairs in Slattery's and entertain us for an evening. Um, he played with Benny Goodman for just four years and Goodman always registered a great debt to Wilson saying that having him in the band was the same as playing Mozart in a string quartet it was also notable that Teddy Wilson was black uh, Goodman of course was white so at the time such a racial mixture a racially integrated um, unit was very very rare indeed not to say quite dangerous in some contexts um, Wilson had played with Louis Armstrong uh, in the early 1930s before moving to the Chocolate Dandies and thence to Goodman's Trio and from there to the full band. His subsequent roster of playmates included many, or indeed perhaps all, of the great singers Lena Horne, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan. He was pretty much the definitive swing pianist, really. Uh, we need, we must have some more, so I've picked a reunion date with Goodman, uh, Gene Krupa's on the drums, Lionel Hampton on the vibes, running wild. Thank 
Goodman Quartet, reunited after 25 years. Running Wild was the piece, of course. 1963 was the year of the recording. Not too bad, really, as the liner notes say on the album uh, called, which said the, the album is called Together Again, by the way. Uh, the creative spark burns as brightly as it did 25 years ago. And that was our uh, W pianist, Teddy Wilson.
that was the uh, immaculate trio of Martin Wasilewski, the Polish pianist. He rose to prominence, uh, of course, through his years uh, with the famous trumpet player Thomas Stanko. And uh, there are many recordings on the ECM label. Stanko really uh, mentored Wasilewski, and not just him, but also the entire Wasilewski trio, and sort of put it put it in as his his band, really. Wasilewski yeah. um, subsequently went out again with the same rhythm section of that band, Slavomir uh, Kurkowitz and Mikhail Miskowitz, and the trio has been in demand across the world ever since. Again, thanks in part to their output on the ECM label. Um, the trio's debut recording was, as far as I can see, in 2005, and uh, we took that piece from it. It's called KTC.
somewhat inappropriate title, well, to my ears anyway, of that piece as Chicken Feathers, a solo piano piece by uh, the Norwegian pianist Buga Vesseltoft. If you're familiar with his work, uh, it's maybe in the context of the dance and techno music that he's been associated with for the last uh, 25, 30 years, and his long-term commitment to electronic music, often um, spoken of by him as being a superior form for the modern era. So that track we've just heard may have come as a surprise, perhaps to him as well as to us. Uh, It was from the Jazzland album, simply entitled Songs, recorded back in 2011. Gorgeous stuff. Well, we'll close the lid on this hot box with a track uh, we played a few shows ago by the Irish singer Sue Reinhardt, included here because it's a duo in collaboration with the wonderful Welsh pianist Hugh Warren, and he will conclude our delivery of the W file. Next time we'll pay attention to the great drummer Jimmy Cobb who died recently, so that'll be a great show for sure. It'll be around in about two weeks, so look out for it. Earlier in the show uh, I made mention of the trumpet player Wallace Roney and said I would say something more about him. Sadly, what I have to say is that he succumbed to COVID-19 last month and we included a little tribute to him in Hotbox Extra number two, along with three other victims of this terrible plague. Uh, You'll find that easily on any of our platforms. But for now, we'll leave you with the pianist Hugh Warren and uh, Sue Reinhardt. If you have been, thanks for listening.
to shine If I'd only make the time Night-scented stock fill the air Then I'll put some flowers in my hair Happy thought. 